This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. I have with us today, Ryan Blazer, and many of you who have listened to the show have heard him on this podcast. Have you been on two times, three times? This is my fifth time. It, no way. Really? Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we just love having you on. You guys, Ryan is Test My Home. He's the EMF expert. You guys know I'm all about being aware of EMFs and their effect that they have in our lives because no one's talking about it. And then when people talk about it, they don't talk about it in a way that's actually very intelligent because they actually don't know what they're talking about. But Ryan is the dude who knows the things about the things. So well, welcome back, Ryan. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. I um, love it. Tell listeners what you've been up to. You, you guys are just exploding. Tell yeah. listeners how that is, where you guys are at now, and tell them what we're going to be talking about today. So we have actually opened up a new location in the Arizona, in Phoenix. Amazing. So we're in Idaho, Utah, and Arizona now. Amazing. So if you're in one of those three states, we can get to you and do an inspection. Do you guys ever go to other states? Like, do you fly out or? Well, we typically don't because we have so much equipment. We found it's really difficult to and almost impossible to get it on an airplane. So we have to be within driving distance. Okay. Very cool. So tell everyone what we're talking about today, because if you guys have missed the last episodes, we'll put them in the show notes so that you can go back and just get a a summary, I guess, or just go back and listen to it and get a big fat download on what EMFs are and why it's important to understand them. But what are we talking about today? So the main thing I want to talk about is kind of the stuff we see on a regular basis when we're in people's homes. We see a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And a lot of the things that we suggest that people can do are things that are actually free that you can implement right away. So I kind of wanted to talk about maybe the top 10 or 15 things that we see that you guys can do right now in your homes today. Awesome. Before we go into these tips on like that are free that we can help protect ourselves from EMFs, can we do a quick summary about what EMFs are? Because they're actually three different things. You tell us. Yeah. So the E of the EMF is your electric fields. And those comes from or those come from anything that's plugged into the wall. Uh, your wiring in the wall. If you have power line that's going by your house, that's emitting an electronic field. And that's kind of pulsating. Uh, 60 times a second, and it's doing some vibration. And those will have effects on your body similar to anxiety or kind of stress you out. Uh, you won't get as, as good of sleep cycle when you have electric fields. And then we have the M of the EMF, and that's going to be your magnetic fields. And those come from anytime you have power that's traveling on the line. So if you're using a blender or you're using uh, your oven that's electric, mm-hmm. Or if you're underneath a high voltage power line, there's current flowing through it. You're going to have a magnetic field that's going through. And those, uh, let's see, are some of the more dangerous ones. That's when we see the cancers, the tumors, a whole range of effects. Inflammation is kind of the root cause. And the reason those are more dangerous is because we have iron in our blood. We also have heavy metals in our body that are actually magnetic in nature. And so these magnetic fields will interact with the iron in our blood and vibrate. Right. Cause all kinds of problems. Another one I want to bring up is those sound machines that we put in babies' rooms that are the fans. The machines that give off the most magnetic, what would you call field, are fans. And so we have these like white noise machines that are basically a fan and their magnetic field is ginormous. And then we put those next to our babies as they sleep. And so they're just being blasted with this magnetic field. If you guys want to go to my Instagram, I think I have a safe story on EMFs and I show like you can see Ryan actually testing the magnetic field of this fan. So go and check that out. It will just, it'll just blow your mind. Yeah. Cause I remember when we tested your house originally, it seems like such a long time ago now. <laughs> I know uh, you had one of those by your bed and they're right. actually a pretty significant field. They extend up about 12 feet is the dangerous. Right. Zone right. For those. I tested a house just last week that had one in every single bedroom. Oh my gosh. And, I realized, and they weren't sleeping very good. Oh, some sleep issues. I bet. I bet. Tell us the last one. Yeah. So the last one is radio frequency fields. And that comes from all of our wireless devices that comes from Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and cell phones and our smart TVs and our smart appliances and all those devices that are transmitting data wirelessly Mm -hmm. over the air. Yeah. So can you please tell listeners the story about the house that you tested with the dog that got cancer? Because this blew my, I mean, Ryan has the coolest stories, you guys, but this (laughs) one just like blew my mind. Can you tell listeners about that? Sure. You bet. It was uh, last Monday. The client called me up and said that they had a dog that they had adopted into their house. And in about two years, the dog developed a cancer 
and passed away. And so they bought a second dog, a different kind of dog, brand new as a puppy. And within two years, that dog also developed the same similar kind of cancer. And the dog, the only thing that was really different, well, the dogs stayed in the same place in the house. The people that owned the house, they would travel and go on vacation and stuff, but the dog stayed at the house the whole time. So they had, they made the connection. It had to be something with the house because the dogs were eating a very healthy diet, Mm -hmm. um, very, very well taken care of. These guys were like health nuts, Mm -hmm. um, very nice people. So they called me out to come look at the house and see what's going on. And so we went through everything. We found a a pretty significant gas leak, which was in the house. Uh, We did find a little bit of mold, but the big thing is right where the dog, both dogs were sleeping and spending most of their time during the day was over a huge magnetic field. They had a they had a wiring error that was pretty significant in the house and the neutral wire, the current was shorting to the ground and not going back on the main line back to the sub panel. Wow. And it was causing a huge magnetic field, really high. The levels that you would get if you lived right underneath a high voltage power line. It's so crazy. Yeah. And what you told me a year and a half ago when you first tested our house, because you found that magnetic field throughout our house too, because our house wasn't wired properly or didn't have the right connectors or grounding things. But this is pretty common in people's homes, correct? It's common enough that I see it linked with cancers and really serious issues. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I have similar stories that involves humans. Mm-hmm. And I hate it when I see those kind of deals where right. I go into a house and this one particular person has developed a strange cancer or is not feeling good or has neurological issues. And right. we go through and test. And sure enough, we find they're either sleeping right across from the main electrical panel, which has a high magnetic field, or they... And, like in your house that we mm-hmm. found, there was a ground to short issue with the water pipe. Right. There was one of the power lines was shorting to the water pipe through the ground and was causing a high magnetic field through your bedroom. Right. It wasn't high enough um, that it caused you guys any serious issues, mm-hmm. but any levels like that are going to cause major inflammation in the body, which right. can re- lead to a whole range of different things. But right. it is, it is more common than you would think. I'd say about one out of 10 homes mm-hmm. has a situation like that. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And this is the thing too about EMFs is that they're invisible. It's, it's this like demon that we can't even see and we can't even see how big it is. We can't measure it. We can't look at it. And so being educated properly about this is, is super, super important. So go back and listen to the, the other podcast episodes if you want more nitty gritty details. But can you tell us, is it 21 ways in which we can protect ourselves? Yeah, we'll see if we can get good. Get to twenty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll just run through them and see how much time we have because right. I have tons of tips that we can implement and put into effect today that are free. A lot of times. Beautiful. Let's go. What's number one? So I'd say the number one thing that I run across the most is really high CO two levels in the house. People, mm-hmm. especially right now in the summertime, it's really really hot. People have their doors and windows closed up. They have the air conditioning rolling. Um, the only time they're really getting fresh air in their house is when they open and close their doors to go inside. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing really high CO2 levels. So anything above about 600 parts per million mm-hmm. is considered not in the optimal range. Can you tell people what parts per million, like when you're talking about this, like what, what does that mean? Yeah. Explain <laughs> it to me like I'm five. <laughs> no, that's why I like doing podcasts with you. You help train me in on some of that stuff. Brain gets really technical and it all just goes over my head. So go ahead. So without getting too much detail, parts per million is how much, how many parts per million of air. So Mm -hmm. 600. So for 1 million parts of air, we have 600 parts of carbon dioxide. Okay. So just to put it in perspective, it's just a lot. So some of these homes that that can give brain fog, headache, fatigue, just general not feeling very good. It's because we're basically breathing in everybody else's air. They're breathing out. Right. And so it's really important to at least once a day to really flush your house out. Yeah. And so in the mornings, it's really nice in Utah and Idaho and Arizona. Uh, it's kind of hot all the time right now, yeah. but really take the time to open up doors and windows, get some cross ventilation, and it takes about 15 to 20 minutes to really flush your house out and start with fresh, brand new air every day. So wintertime, we should probably be doing the same thing too. I And that's what we do is we kind of like freeze ourselves out for like 10 minutes and then close everything. You taught me to do that. Mm-hmm. But I got a lot of, whenever I show that on Instagram, people ask, well, what, what about like when we live here in Utah and the air is really dirty and not healthy? Like, should we still do that? So the only time that I've measured the air that is more unhealthy outside than inside is deep in the middle of fire season. Okay. So it's to the point where, the sun is looking orange at, during the day and you can't see the mountains across mm-hmm. the valley. 
and it's super, super smoky. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, the air is always cleaner outside than inside wow. because we're in these little locked up boxes yeah. and we're not getting the fresh air and we're getting all the chemical off gassing. We're breathing out carbon dioxide. Yeah. We've got off gassing from the furniture, any of the supplies, cleaning supplies, cosmetics that we're using, all that stuff's building up in the house. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I hope, I hope everyone got that. I'll make sure when people ask, I'll let them know better to open up your windows and get that air in because what's inside is actually dirtier than what's outside. Yeah. So. And that's a good point. A lot of people do think that outside air is more polluted than inside, but if you think about it, where does the inside air come from? Outside. It comes from outside. <laughs> right. So we're bringing we're the outside just, in yeah, and then true. we're adding to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hundred percent true actually. Yep. Um, what's number two? So number two, I would say is to take off your shoes mm-hmm. at the door. Really make it a rule to take off your shoes. I mean, you're tracking in so much nasty stuff from the outside. If you think about all the public bathrooms yeah. with E. coli and all kinds of nasty stuff on the floor. And you go fill up your car with gasoline. You step in all the petroleum products and the oils and the gasoline. Oh, I don't even the think park. about that. That's true. You got uh. all the pesticides and herbicides and animal waste and spit. And right. just there's so many nasty things. And then you come walk in your house and you walk through your brand new carpet, kick your feet up. You're wiping all this nasty stuff. I mean, would you lick the bottom of your shoe? No. Right. So why would you track that into your house? Right. Especially if you have little ones. Right. That are crawling around on the floor. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's huge. I mean, when I see that, I almost cringe, you know? So mm. I think you need to treat your house like you wouldn't smoke in your house. You wouldn't let someone smoke in your house, you right. know? Right. You wouldn't pee on the toilet seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would look at taking off your shoes exactly the same way. That's a great, great, great point. And there's a lot of cultures. It's a sign of respect. Right. You know, a lot of Asian cultures. That's just how it is. You take your shoes off. Yeah. Okay. And that's, it's free. And that's really a big thing you can need to keep talking about in your house. And things that we don't even think about. Like I, yeah. I didn't even think about that until you brought it to my attention a year and a half ago. So, and I'm still bad at it. So <laughs> like, whoops, this is a good reminder for me. Number three, make sure that you're using the vent in your bathroom. Mm-hmm. So every time that you're taking a shower, a nice hot steamy shower, you're venting that moisture outside and not letting it condensate in your doors, your windows, your walls. Or even getting into your walls. Okay. If you have any kind of airflow traveling through, that can get in your walls. It can get up in your attic and it can condensate. And this is particularly bad in the wintertime when the moisture, when the, when the cold is a lot lower outside and that moisture gets on a cold surface mm-hmm. and it condensates. And we almost always see mold in window sills and ceilings where they don't use the exhaust in the bathrooms. Okay. Should we leave it on all day just for a few hours? What, like, what do you recommend? If you take a shower, leave it on definitely while you're showering and leave it on maybe another 15 minutes after. Okay. But if, let's say you have some teenage daughters and they're putting on hairspray and, mm. and perfume and things like that. Definitely leave that on. Sometimes when I'm doing the VOC testing, I can tell if someone's done some hairspray, it always jumps up in the, in the bathrooms. Crazy. No longer than like 15, like 15 minutes, maybe an hour. We don't have to have it going all night. It wouldn't hurt to have it going extra. If you turn it on and forget, the worst thing is going to do. And that kind of goes back to step one is pulling ventilation in. Mm-hmm. So when your exhausts are on, you're pulling fresh air in from the outside. Awesome. All right, Ryan, what is number four that we can do to make our homes healthier and happier for us? Okay, kind of ties in with number three is make sure you're using the ventilation in your kitchen. Oh, this is a big one, you guys. Yes. This one blew my mind. Go ahead. Yeah. So especially if you have gas. And so in the home I did today, and I see this more often than not, where they built the home with an electric stove. And by code, you don't necessarily have to have it uh, vented to the outside. Mm -hmm. But then they decided to upgrade to gas. So they installed a gas range, but they did not install a hood that exhausts to the outside. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're burning petroleum products, you're creating carbon monoxide. Yeah. And you're also burning off the heavy metals and the particulates that are in the gas. So a lot of people don't think about Uh, that part of it. They don't filter out the gas. It's not pure. So when it's mined from the ground, depending on where it was mined from, you can have a whole range of heavy metals like lead and arsenic, and you can have gases like heavy metals and VOCs and formaldehydes that are all being put off into the air. And then Mm. you got all the hydrocarbon byproducts that are coming off of that. So it's imperative that you have to have that exhausted outside. Anytime you're burning any kind of fossil fuels in your home, you've got to put that outside. Yeah. Very important. And then also not to mention the food and the grease and all that other stuff, but right. mostly the chemical stuff. Okay. And then open a window as well if we can. If it's if the stove is near a window, open that window, get that exhaust fan going. How long should we have it going for? 
that's another one, 10, 15 minutes after at least, but always mm-hmm. religiously while it's on for sure. Yeah. And you're, like you said, you're going to get a little better airflow if you can crack a window somewhere okay. because you're creating a vacuum in your home. If someone was building a house from scratch, what would you recommend as far as a stove? Would you recommend gas or electric? I like gas, but you've got to make sure it's ventilated. Okay. If so, not, then go electric. So that's good enough mm-hmm. if it's ventilated. Yep. Great. Perfect. Absolutely. Okay. And that one, like, I remember when you were testing our home and you said, just put the stove on and your meter was just going through the roof. And I, I even remember telling you, I always get tired when I'm cooking. Never. Any, and I just thought it's because I'm just standing there and my body's getting tired. But it was, I think it was because of the gas. And so as soon as I started putting on the ventilator, my energy improved when I opened the window, like it just improved. And I always, I remember after breakfast, I was always so tired because I was cooking oatmeal and I was making pancakes and I would have to just go outside. And after 10 minutes of being outside, I felt better. It was like a cup of coffee for me. And then I'd come back inside and the lethargy would hit me, but not as hard. And so I think that was a big, like that was a game changer for me. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Number five. Okay. Number five is going to be chemicals. So Uh, I still see a lot of toxic chemicals in people's house. So if you're not familiar with EWG, it's a website you can go on and there's a section called Skin Deep where you can enter in the particular cosmetic or cleaning supply that you're looking at. And it was rated on a scale from one to 10. So 10 being highly dangerous, one being pretty healthy for you. And Mm -hmm. you can rate your product. And at least for our house, we try to say everything four and above we get rid of and anything three and less we keep. There's also apps that you can download. The one that I use is called Think Dirty. And you literally just scan like the barcode of the product. And it tells you like it'll give you a number like one to ten. Right. And the numbers like the first three are green. And then like the next four are orange and the last three are red. So super easy to use. But you guys, if you haven't been following along chemicals, they're such bad endocrine disruptors. They mess with your hormones. They create inflammation. They tax your liver. I mean, if, if you have like skin issues, or if you are sensitive to chemicals, like this is because your body's been overburdened and it no longer can keep up with its the ability to detox and get rid of these chemicals. So just make sure, like, especially with like teenagers, bombarding them with all of these chemicals and these xenoestrogens, it's, it's really causing so many hormonal imbalances. I know Carlin Call, who is just ingredients online, she talks a lot about chemicals and a lot about you know, young teenagers and uh, just protecting their menstrual cycles. PMS isn't normal. And yet we have normalized it in the society because we, we know that everyone has it. But just because everyone has it, it doesn't mean that it's okay. It's a sign and a symptom that there is imbalance and dysfunction and inflammation in the body. So let's get rid of those chemicals. All and, right. and one thing too, is that a lot of these chemicals are tested individually. Right. And so even though they have their own harm by themselves, they're not tested in conjunction with each other. And for right. example, bleach and ammonia mixed together makes chloramine gas, which is highly deadly. Yeah. And so I see a lot of people that have their Windex right next to their bleach and it doesn't take very much. Some of that stuff does leak through the bottle. So when you walk down the aisle at Walmart or your grocery store and you, you walk down the cleaning aisle, you can smell that stuff's getting out of the bottles. It's not being contained in there. Right. So when you have a whole drawer full of this stuff, that's everything's just thrown in there and some of the bottles aren't on tight, this stuff's mixing together. Right. You open that up, you're getting a big whiff of a whole cocktail of chemicals that I guarantee yep. are not healthy for you. Yep. I, I remember I had house cleaners at my house. This was a couple of months ago and they didn't use my products. They used their products. I was itching and sneezing all day. Like it was like my body was having this like massive allergic reaction to the chemicals. And so it really does make a difference. Make sure your cleaning products, your beauty products. There's so many great companies out there that go clean and a little bit of a like a plug for Honestly Essential. You know, Cecilia, she owns the company and she's my mom and they hand make their beauty products like small batches. They don't overheat it. You can read every single ingredient in there, understand where it comes from. Like you can eat the stuff. Our slogan actually used to be so clean you can eat it. And but we didn't want people eating it. <laughs> that was we realized that could have been a really bad liability. But you guys, there are so many companies out there that are really trying to do good by giving you guys good clean products for your house cleaning and for your beauty and all that jazz. So all right. Yeah, yeah and this is one to take serious. I see a lot of crazy stuff with this one. Right. Especially like, with especially with kids, especially with babies, uh, especially with our teenagers. Like let's not Let's give their bodies that are going through all these massive growth spurts the best 
chance they can get, you know, without throwing a wrench in the, in the whole machine. Right. And by wrench, I mean these chemicals and these inflammatory things like foods. I want to tell a quick story about it if we have yeah. a second. So oh, totally. I have a colleague of mine that was going to do a mold inspection. The lady called her up and said, I have mold. I'm sure of it. I've done the research. I got the symptoms. So we went over there, looked all over, couldn't find mold, pulled the samples. He went back. She called a couple of weeks later. Hey, I really, I'm still, I'm getting sicker. It's got to be mold. Please come over and look. He went over and he went down in the basement, was looking a little more and found a couple cases or like a bunch of cases of Lysol downstairs. And mm. so he asked her, what's all this for? He says, she said, well, I use this to kill the mold. I've been spraying oh, two to gosh. three cans of this stuff every day. And what she was doing was literally poisoning herself with oh, Lysol, thinking gosh. that she was taking care of this mold issue because she'd got online and gone down the rabbit hole on the mold thing and thought that that's what her problem was. Yikes. In reality, she was poisoning herself, poisoning her husband. They quit doing that, got rid of it, aired out the house when a couple of weeks or symptoms went away. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And so sad. <laughs> like, yeah. and so, like, what an easy fix. Yeah. All right. What number are we at? Number seven? Yeah, number seven. This kind of ties in a little bit as fragrances. Mm. And we see this a lot too. In fact, yeah. Airbnb we're staying at, uh, we first walked in and it was so strong Gross. with Glade plugins and chemicals. Mm-hmm. And so we had to take those out. We had to air out the house. In fact, my wife got a headache from it. And yeah. So fragrances are a big deal. Unless they're essential oils, they are chemicals. Yes. This fresh mountain air breeze that you're buying is not fresh mountain air it's right. chemicals and so people need to understand that that you don't have to have a home that smells like these chemicals to be clean right your home should smell very neutral in fact you need to learn to love the smell of neutral because that's a healthy smell 100 percent. and if you are transitioning i want to kind of uh give you guys a little bit of a i don't know something fun if you really miss like those nice stinky candles what i tell people is Get those plugins. You know the plugins where you put like they heat in the plug and you put the wax on top. Well, instead of putting the wax, put some essential oils in with some like MCT oil, and it's burning the essential oils into the air instead of chemicals. And um, I like to do that in my bathroom sometimes, and uh, and it smells so good, and it's all natural. So literally, just those plugins. Put MCT oil on top, five to ten drops of essential oil, and your house is going to smell so so good, and it's going to be nice and clean. There's, uh, what is it? Autumn day that I like to diffuse during the, the fall and the winter time, because that actually has like clove and cinnamon and all of these antifungal and antiviral and antibacterial properties. And so it makes my house smell very autumn ish and Christmassy, but there's another reason why I do it. It's because I want to disinfect my air, you know, like I don't want people getting sick. So that's, that's a fun little idea for people to do. What's number eight? I want to back up just one thing I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Essential oils a little yes. bit and uh, diffusers. And so I had a, actually, it's a mutual client. I think she came from you. Mm-hmm. We went to her house and one of her complaints when she called was that all of her kids had asthma mm. and they had breathing issues and they had runny nose, stuffy eyes. First thing I didn't walk in, I noticed she had literally a diffuser in every single room. Oh, yeah. So she was a, a dealer from one of the essential oils. And mm-hmm. by every diffuser, she had a little rack. So she had a different one for morning, different one for night. Uh, we tested the particulates in the air and there were over a million. Wow. So there were so much particles in the air. And even though essential oils can be natural and they can be healthy for us, you can overdo it. 100%. And I remember we did a little research together. We were looking up some of the specific essential oils Mm -hmm. and some of them actually do give a caution uh, not to breathe it in, not Mm -hmm. to rub it on your skin. Mm -hmm. So you need to do a little bit of research and there's something called Material Safety Data Sheet, MSDS. Right. And so we, we searched, um, what was it, I think, lemon or yeah. citrus. We did citrus, essential oil, MSDS. And so mm-hmm. it pulls up the Material Safety Data Sheet. Yes. And you can read all about the toxicity and the dangers and the right. hazards. And some of them will specifically say, do not inhale these. It will cause respiratory issues. Right. And so like too much of something is definitely not good for you. And I love that Cecilia she talks about using them when you need them, mm-hmm. when you're sick, the, the inhaling and the, the drinking and the putting on your skin day after day after day in these high concentrations. Don't recommend that, right? Because, right. you know, they, they are highly concentrated, mm-hmm. highly, highly, highly concentrated. So many people drink essential oils and they literally erode plastic. They literally erode materials. When you're putting that in your stomach, imagine what that's doing to your stomach lining. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, yes, let's diffuse them, but not day and night 24 right. seven. Like that's, that's not good for our livers because yeah. everything has to go through the liver. The liver still has to 
process that. And so if we're overloading our liver, even with essential oils, it can be really, really problematic. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. And, you know, look at the signs of your family. If every single person in your family has a runny nose and a cough mm-hmm. and asthma issues, look at what you're doing, what's right. going on in there. Yep, yeah, exactly. And All so right. uh, the next one, I'm not sure what number on. Eight. Eight. Number eight. <laughs> Plastics. Plastics. So plastics are one that I like to try to get rid of for people mm-hmm. if we can in the house. And so when you're cooking with plastics, when you have, let's say, spaghetti in it, for example, and you use a, a Tupperware for spaghetti and then you notice it always has that kind of orange yep. little glow to it, mm-hmm. it's because the acid is eating into the plastic and actually little pieces of plastic are breaking off. So microplastics. So yep. every time you're using that, that bowl or Tupperware, Little pieces of microplastic are getting out and getting into your system. And all these things can build up in our body and become toxic. So Mm -hmm. if you have plastic in your kitchen, that's one thing that you can go through and just get rid of all of it and reuse like glass, wood, stainless steel, and silicone are all good options. Perfect. I even think of like when people are taking like takeout or getting food from the restaurant and they have leftover I think of how that's heated in like styrofoam and like yes. those plastic takeaway things. And like ugh, I die a little inside. So just be mindful of, you know, hot food in plastic equals not super great. Absolutely. Plastic water bottles. I mean, how many of us buy cases of water bottles, leave it in our car and it's heating, right? Like it's just staying there heated and we're getting this like plastic leached into our water, you know, over time. So yeah, let's be mindful of that. Yes. Number nine. nine. Okay. Pesticides. <laughs> uh, I know this one's a big one because yeah. how many of us like spray our lawns, right? Spray our homes, mm-hmm. you know, like when we go to park, how many times has that park been sprayed? Like there's no informed consent. There's no like schedule. Like, Hey, this public park is going to be sprayed at this time and this time. There's also, I did some stories a year ago where Provo city, the city of Provo sprays every neighborhood for mosquitoes in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and there's no informed consent. You have no idea that they are spraying toxic gas on your, on your lawn. And we actually looked up the ingredients for these sprays and they, some of them were carcinogenic and some of them, they didn't have to list due to patented laws. Yep. So you have no clue what is being sprayed on your house. None. Yep. And you don't even know what's happening. Yep. And even the ones that they claim are natural and natural based and organic that are from the chrysanthemum plant, those may be not as toxic to us, but you know what they are toxic to is our gut biome, the Mm. little bugs that live in our gut, which Mm -hmm. you know a lot about. Yes. That's where it can affect us. It's almost like taking antibiotics. Mm -hmm. You can really mess with those. There are companies that use like peppermint oil. Are you, what do you think about those? Yeah, we've tried a lot of those because we have a little bit of a spider and ant problem at our house. Mm -hmm. And that stuff works when it's spraying, when you can smell it. Mm -hmm. But your whole house kind of smells like root beer cinnamon for a while, (laughs) or cinnamon clove. (laughs) It's not bad, but, and it will repel them. It Mm -hmm. certainly doesn't kill them. The problem is the more effective it is, the more harmful it is to you. And so we've kind of gone with live sticky traps. Mm -hmm. So we got sticky traps all over the place and we just try to keep our house really clean. And if you can take the food away, then they don't have something to come in and munch on. And mm-hmm. that's going to help a lot too. Any thoughts for like wasps for people that have a lot of wasps around their house? Yeah. You know, when you start to see the wasps forming the nest, got, got to get rid of the nest. And a lot of times they want to crawl up in little things like little nooks and crannies. Mm, right. Being really diligent about a lot of the, making sure the holes are sealed up. Okay. Get the caulk gun out and spend an afternoon and go around and caulk up all the little holes everywhere mm-hmm. and close up all the little holes that they can crawl into. But another thing, sometimes you can spray, spray or you can use some chemicals on the exterior of your property if you really have a serious problem that you need to using the more natural stuff where it's not likely going to get into your system definitely don't use the chemicals inside your house okay definitely don't do that and definitely don't use it around play areas so if you have a little mm-hmm. play area or you have a barbecue or a fire pit or something out back a trampoline stay away from those areas put it on places where maybe underneath the patio for example where no one's going to be walking Okay. Could be a place or maybe in some windowsills or around the outside, around the wall of your yard. And what about like herbicides? You know, people spraying their lawns with, uh, what is it called that makes the lawn super green? Fer- well, there's fertilizer, there's fertilizer, nitrogen yep. and stuff. Yeah. And that was what I was going to talk about next. Number 10 is the, the herbicides on the lawn. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of, well, of course we all know about Roundup, yep. glyphosate, and it's, there's still people out there using it, which blows me away. Mm-hmm. We now know for a fact that it does cause cancer. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff, just don't even bring it on your property. Just 
just think of your home as a more of a sanctuary where you don't want to bring any chemicals into your house. Right. And so you can make up a mixture of a gallon of water, what is it, a cup of detergent and a tablespoon of salt. Mix mm-hmm. that together. And that'll work to kill off a lot of weeds. Of course, it's not as good as glyphosate, but it still works. And it's safe. And it's a lot safer. And it's not cancerous. Not cancerous. I don't know if you, if listeners who have been listening to the podcast for, oh my gosh, two years. It's been two years. I can't believe it. I mentioned in one of the episodes that glyphosate is actually uh, patented as an antibiotic. Oh, wow. So Yeah, I I heard that from the Chris Cresser's Revolutionary Health Radio. One of the doctors mentioned that in a blue my mind. And so we're spraying this antibiotic all over our lawns, all of our playgrounds, everywhere. So let's be really mindful about what we are doing to the environment that our children play in. Yep. All right. What are we at? 11? Yeah. Cool. So this one might require a little bit more effort, but it's not too tough. If you have a crawl space or if you have an attic, get down there, get up in there, at least check it out once or twice a year. Mm, that and sounds terrifying. It is terrifying. You <laughs> Can, I don't want to do that. You can buy a Tyvek suit from Home Depot <laughs> with some gloves and get a little booties on. But do that because there's so much you can learn about your house by just crawling up in the attic or going down in the crawl space if you have one mm-hmm. and just crawling around and checking it out. Look for leaks. Look for dead rodents. Look yeah. for anything that doesn't look out of the, out of the ordinary, that doesn't look right. You know, right. rotting wood. You mm-hmm. know, water is the main thing that we're kind of looking for in these areas. Leaks yeah. in the roof. Cool. Um, yeah, I find so much crazy stuff when I go looking in these areas and people tell me, yeah, I haven't, I'll give you another story. I did this lady's house that she was about to sell it and they were really, really sick and they want to know what's going on. And we did the inspection. I crawled down in the crawl space. When they built the home originally, they forgot to install one of the P traps for the bathtub. Every time they were taking a shower or taking a bath, all the water was dumping directly into their crawl space. Stop. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It looked like leopard skin oh. velvet everywhere. And this lady, so sad. she had caught COVID eight months before, and she was still deathly ill. She thought she was just what they call one of those um, long haulers or whatever. Mm-hmm. She thought it was still the effects from that, but her and her son were yeah. almost bedridden. Oh, and they, my gosh. They had never, and the home was four years old, so mm-hmm. it had been going like this for four years. And they lived in it from new. They went from perfect health to being bedridden. Oh my gosh. And they had no idea. And all they would have had to have done is lifted up the yeah. crawl space, just poke their head down there with a flashlight and they would have seen the swampy mess going on. Unbelievable. But they had no idea. I actually, I have a, a story to share about that because people that are buying new homes, you want to know the health of the home, right? right? Now the typical inspection of the house is useless, completely useless. And I, I want to share a story. First, you found mold in our house. We we bought a house, this house that we live in right now, three years ago. And I always like, there was just that like buzzing in the back of my head. I'm like, there's just like, I don't know. I don't know all the nooks and crannies. How can I find someone to do that for me? Because I just didn't feel like the inspection was thorough enough. Well, one of my friends, well, you came out, you tested all the things and we found all of these things. And I felt like I knew the health of my home inside and out. My friend bought a house and she wanted to hire you to test her home, but she was like, oh, it's more than the $500 that the normal inspection does, so I'm not going to do it. So the inspector goes, tests the home, finds no mold. Well, they now moved in. They wanted to rip up the carpet and remodel it. They rip up the carpet, black mold all over the floor. How did the inspector miss that? And why does this keep happening? Uh, Because a typical home inspector is not trained for mold. Mm -hmm. They don't test for mold. And that's kind of where we pick up where they leave off, where they're typically inspecting for cosmetic issues, mm-hmm. their safety, and for structural. Well, she said they did test for mold. They did. And they didn't find it. How, like, how is this happening? Because I know this happens more than, like, because that happened with our house, too. Typically, because they're not trained for that. They okay. might have that included in their inspection mm-hmm. just because they're looking for it. Yeah. But they don't have the proper training. They don't have the proper tools. Right. Or, to do a full inspection, how I would do on a new home takes all day long. Mm-hmm. A typical home inspector might come in in an hour and a half to two hours. Right. And in that time, there's no way that they can do a thorough mold inspection and look for everything. Right. And I will add that a lot of times when someone hires me to come in and, and do a pre-home inspection, I find so many things that they can go back to the seller with this list. Mm-hmm. And we've got anywhere from ten, twenty, seventy thousand dollars oh off of the asking price because if we find mold, then that goes back to the seller and they have to fix it. 
I mean, they don't have to, mm-hmm. they can move on to the next person, but now right. they have to disclose that because they know that there's mold in the house. And right. so I would say 90% of the time when we go in and we find mold, uh, the inspection more than pays for itself 10 Amazing. times over usually because of the stuff we find, we get the seller to fix it. They move in, they have a healthy home. Amazing. So totally worth it. You guys totally worth it to get Ryan or one of his employees in that house that you want to buy to check its health. Right. All right. Where are we at? Number 12. Yeah, number 12, moving into more of the EMF type stuff. That's kind of the more of the mold and the the air quality things. But powering off your devices. Mm -hmm. I see this every time where people will have the Xbox and they'll have all the smart TVs and they'll have their Bluetooth speakers and they have the Alexas and you name it, all, all kinds of stuff going on. And then they go to bed or they're not using these devices, but they're sitting there radiating them with EMF all the time. And so they simply need to go over and just turn these devices off, unplug these devices. You know, for example, uh, one of the guys I hired that's down in the Arizona location, uh, when we first got him on board, we went to his house to do an inspection. And inside of his home office, he had a printer that was like two feet next to him. He had his Wi-Fi router in that same room. Um, He had a wireless keyboard, wireless mouse, and a cell phone all sitting within a couple feet of him. And he was complaining of pretty serious brain fog, fatigue, mm. uh, getting tired, little irritability. And so we took the day and we completely hardwired everything, got his EMF exposures from uh, really high down to almost nothing. And overnight, um, he says he's felt better than he's felt in 20 years. Amazing. And we took it one step further. And this kind of goes into the next, next one I was going to talk about is turning off your circuits at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, powering off your devices, making sure if you're not using them, you turn them off and then turn them off when you're going to use them. But also when you're sleeping, turn the circuits off to your bedroom. So some people, this might be inconvenient depending on where the circuit panel is, but try it for a week. I always challenge my clients to try it for one week and find the circuits which affect your sleeping area. Now, if your room is in adjacent to other rooms, you might need to turn those circuits off as well. And if you're not sure, just turn all of them off except for your fridge and your HVAC unit. Mm-hmm. So what about, you say, turn everything off. Can we just put our phones on airplane mode? Is that good enough? That definitely helps a lot. So we're talking about overall exposure. So mm-hmm. whatever we can do to lower the exposure uh, load of our body, mm-hmm. uh, lower the, all these artificial energies that are traveling through our body that are affecting our brain, our heart, our nervous system, power these devices off. Uh, when you're not using them. It's called practical avoidance. Okay. I remember last time you were here, my phone was on airplane mode, but there was still, it was still showing an electrical field. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Like, but your Android didn't do that. Yeah. Do you Which remember- was kind of interesting. Yeah. Some do and some don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- so the electrical field that comes off it when your phone is not plugged in is not as high as when it is plugged, plugged in. in. Yeah. And so anybody that's listening to this podcast that I've worked with knows I do a little experiment where I measure the electric field on your body and then Mm -hmm. I have you hold on to the charger, Mm -hmm. just the wire itself. And we see the inductive current that gets pulled through your body jumps exponentially. Have you seen that uh, key test that everyone is doing on themselves where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm magnetic. My key is sticking to me. Have you seen that? Oh, I haven't seen that. No, because everyone's everyone's thinking it's from the the vaccine, you know, and they're saying, oh, it's all the heavy metals that are collecting in the thymus, et cetera, et cetera. Someone online, I can't remember, uh, Talia, Talia like it is, she lives in a pretty rural area. And I think I'm getting this right. And if I'm wrong, sorry, guys. But she she went to do the experiment and she went out into the woods with her camera, not her cell phone camera. And she did the key experiment with no electronic devices and the key fell off her and fell off her and fell off her. And so she's like, look, it's not sticking. But then she went home and did it where all of her, where all the fields are on and it stuck to her and it stuck to her. And she was saying it's because of these electric fields that are going through us. And so we're literally like being a magnet with these devices. And so I thought that was really interesting. Don't know how true it is, but I just, I loved that experiment. It was like the most clear experiment I've seen anyone do to date. Do you think there's anything to that? I think it would be fun to play to around with that and experiment. <laughs> I yeah. want to try it. And see if we can replicate that. I'm all about learning for myself and yeah. seeing firsthand. Yeah. You know, with the background of engineering, we can definitely try to replicate some of those things. And with electric fields, so electric fields work kind of like if you rub your, 
head on a balloon and mm-hmm. then you take that balloon it's charged electrons right and it will stick on the wall or mm-hmm. your hair sticks up mm-hmm. so there's some static magnetism that comes from electric fields yeah uh, when we're talking about magnetic fields they kind of work just like magnets mm-hmm. but when they're alternating currents they'll tend to go positive negative positive negative they follow the 60 cycle hertz from the wall mm-hmm. is this making sense no okay nope that went way over so, my head dumb yeah. it down please <laughs> let's experiment around with that and, yeah. and we can make a video and put it on our instagram that would be really great yeah. okay let's do that <laughs> i had to be really Sorry. like a prank like nope nope that was just chinese to me okay what's what's next I want to talk about grounding mats too, because this is something oh, yeah. that comes out a lot. And we might have talked about it a little bit. I don't know if we have on the podcast, no. but people always ask me about grounding mats and grounding mats are great as long as you're not using them in your house by an electric field. So when I mean an electric field, I mean anything that's plugged into the wall, anything that's using electricity, your computer, your nightstand that has the lamp on it, the electrical wiring in your house. This is why, because when you ground yourself to earth, you become like a lightning rod Mm -hmm. and all these charged electrons that are in the electrical devices are looking for a path back down to ground. Mm -hmm. So when you become grounded, you essentially become the path back to ground. So when these electrons see you and you're grounded, they say, Oh, look at this This is a great path to ground. And so all Mm -hmm. these current, all that current will flow through your body and actually make it worse. Okay. So when you're grounding, you have to be in a zero electric field. Okay, explain that to me like in five. So these pads, you can't plug them in, these grounding pads. So think about churches or buildings or these towers that have lightning rods on them. Mm-hmm. And the reason they have lightning rods on them is when electricity from the sky, which we call thunder and lightning. Yeah. When lightning hits these buildings, they attract to the ground rod. Right. Because these electrons in the lightning are trying to get back to earth. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing with static electricity. It's also the same thing with electric fields that are coming from our electronics. Okay. They are charged electrons that are looking for a path back to ground. So when you're grounded on a grounding mat, you become the path back to ground and you're inducing more current in your body. So maybe I missed, what should we be doing with these pads, these grounding pads? Not using them in your house in an electric field. If you are going to use a grounding mat or grounding pad, you must have the circuits off in your room. So don't they all plug into something though? Yeah, so they plug into the grounding connection on your outlet. Okay. And that's another thing you want to stay away from. You don't want to mix your ground that you're connecting your body with with the same ground that's your in your electrical system. So don't use a grounding pad is what you're saying. So you can. So I was working with a client, Sun Valley, that we we're building her home from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we designed her bedroom so that it could turn off all the circuits at night when she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then we ran a specific ground wire that was connected about 70 feet away from the ground from her electrical system. So it was its own grounding Mm. rod that we ran into the ground down by the creek. We ran its own wire up to up to her bedroom that was shielded and we connected her bed on a grounding pad so that when she lays in bed, she turns off the circuits to her bedroom. So there's zero electric fields. And now she's laying on this grounding mat, which is neutralizing her with earth. So basically, if I buy a grounding pad on Amazon and I plug it into anything in my house, it's going to not do what I think it's doing. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so and, don't use them. Well, they're not. And the problem is they're not going to tell you that because they're trying to right. sell that to you. Right. But there's a reason you feel good when you walk on the beach or when you go soak yeah. in hot pools or when you're out on the grass yeah. because you are fully grounded and you're not in an electric field. Right. But if you're sitting at your computer desk with all these electronics from you and you're grounding yourself, Mm -hmm. you're creating, you're part of the circuitry now. Yep. You've got to do that away from electric fields. Yep. Can we, after this episode, do you have your little measurer, your electric measurer? We can go outside and do a video. Yeah. And guys, look in my saved EMF uh, reel. You'll see us do this experiment because it'll be out there. That's another thing I do with with my clients is that test as well. I show them what the electric fields are in the house Mm -hmm. on their body Mm because we measure the actual body and then we go out on the grass and stand in bare feet. So can we do it where I have my phone on me and it's going to be different and then we can take the phone off? So if your phone is plugged in and charging, then Mm -hmm. it's going to be different. Okay. When it's not and it's just 
running off a battery right. and it doesn't have a very high electric field. Okay. It'll have a little a, one, but just, not very high. Just a high radio frequency field. Right. High radio frequency. And that's different from electric, kind of like we explained in the beginning. Yep. Perfect. It's the E of the EMF. Perfect. All right. What is number, what number are we at? 13? 12? I don't know. I lost count. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, number 72. Number 72. <laughs> I think we're at 13. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this will all be organized in the show notes, you guys, so you can like screenshot that. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And so when you can't power off your devices, put distance from yourself. So a lot of people say, well, I can't get rid of Wi-Fi. I need it. Where's the best place to put the Wi-Fi? So the, I can tell you the worst place to put the Wi-Fi is right by your bed. Mm-hmm. Another quick story. I had a client that called me up with tinnitus ringing in the air. She thought that it was potentially her house. When I went out to look, whoever had installed her internet had installed every single one of her Wi-Fi routers right by either her bed or right by the living room and right on her office desk because they told her that the closer you are to the router, the faster your internet speed is going to be. So she said, well, I want them everywhere where I'm working, everywhere where I'm going to be. Oh, gosh. Her levels were so high. It was literally rattling her brain. (gasps) And she had anxiety. And they had irritability and they had headaches and they couldn't sleep. And Mm -hmm. the tinnitus was so bad in their house, they couldn't stand it. And so keep distance away from these things. So when you have to have these devices, keep distance. So people say, what's the safe distance? I say, as far as you can get away from them, as far as you can. So if all your bedrooms are on one side of the house, put your router on the other side of the house. Perfect. Or switch it off at night. Switch it off at night. That's even better. Mm-hmm. Switch, yeah. I switch everything off. TVs off, routers, phones, like just turn them off. You don't need them while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. You don't. And or, you're going to sleep better. You're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're sleeping in a, a zero electric field with all your Wi-Fi devices off, it, you truly do sleep a lot better. Would you say a lot of your clients just report that they sleep so good after you've done your thing? I would say nine out of 10 that listen to what I do, listen to what I say as far as the advice on that. Absolutely, they do. Awesome. Yep, I've heard some amazing stories. There are some people, though, every once in a while, they say, you know, we tried it, didn't really notice much of a difference. And I'm sure there's many other things going on right. in their life. There's, there's stress, there's eating issues, there's mm-hmm. so many other issues. So many. But this is just one piece of the pie yeah. that can make or break and make a big difference. Right. Yeah. All right. I think we're at 14. So what's number 14? So I want to talk a little bit about the ERMI test because mm-hmm. I've had a little bit of question on that. People will call me up. What is the ERMI test? So ERMI is... And how do you spell that? E-R-M-I. E-R-M-I. Okay. Yep. I've never heard of that. Um, Environmental Moldiness Index or something. like I can't remember exactly what the R stands for. Mm-hmm. But the ERMI test is something that you'll hear if you get online or a lot of mold doctors, they'll say, this is the gold standard for testing mold. Mm. And there's a little misconception with the ERMI. A lot of clients will call me up and say, well, what's your process? What do you do? And I say, I'll tell them all the things we do. Uh, We usually don't typically include an ERMI with our inspection because it's kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily tell us a lot of the things that we need. But there's a problem with the ERMI is that there's one company online in particular, uh, Micrometrics, that sells only ERMI tests. And they sell a lot of them. And they make millions of dollars on online ERMI test. And they've got so many blogs out there that they discredit other ways of doing mold testing. Wow. So clients will tell me, well, I've read online that air sample tests are, are worthless. They don't really do much. And that dust mm. samples are worthless, that the only way to test for mold is through an ERMI test. Yeah. The reason is because they got online, they started searching mold illness, they searched some keywords. And what came up was this company that has millions of dollars to spend yes. on SEO and all these mm-hmm. blogs talking about uh, ERMI is the only way to go. And the ERMI is what you need to do. Buy it from us. And this is your end all be all. Mm-hmm. An ERMI, you take some dust from a house, usually the carpet or a Swiffer, or you take it from the HVAC system. You send it in and then they give you a score. So they send you back and say, okay, your score is a four or a 32 or a negative one. It's kind of a scale between negative 20 to 40. Mm-hmm. And you know, if your home is over a four, then it's really, really moldy. Yeah. And it's kind of like taking the temperature of your house, but it doesn't necessarily tell you where the mold is in your home. Okay. All yeah. right. So I, I've actually never heard of this. So I'm so glad that you're putting light on this yeah. um, and that it's just not that accurate. Isn't it sad that we can, I, I was just sharing on Instagram today, how we can literally pay for anything. Like if we want people to believe something, we just do really good marketing and mm-hmm. soon you're going to create like this mass hysteria about something or you're going right. to, um, I was talking about uh, how Coca-Cola paid for their own research institutes and these nonprofits to 
get governments to say that it's actually not the soda you're drinking. It's that you're not exercising. That's why you're putting on weight. So you can, you can buy anything. Oh, <laughs> so, for sure you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that with marketing with my company mm-hmm. that you buy keywords, you put the blogs yep. out there, you write whatever you want, you, you yep. mold it to fit your need 100%. and then you throw it out there to the masses. A hundred percent. I mean, like 20 years ago, we didn't have enough information and now we have too much bad information, you know? So that's where do we, right. yeah. where do we find that happy medium? You know, I think yeah. good information is so hard to find. So when you find the sources that share good information, like cling to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cling to that golden rod. Yeah. Well, I think that's why you have such a good following is because you follow that motto. You know, you put out good, honest information. Thank you. And, and I will always, I have no ego. I hope people know I have no ego around it. If someone corrects me, I will like admit that like, oh, I just learned this and this and this. So whoever you're listening to, like make sure that it's not dogmatic. You guys, if you are a true researcher, you will always be corrected because Things are always changing according to the data that we're collecting. There is yep. no golden truths. Right. Besides sugar in mass <laughs> is poisonous to your body. <laughs> That's a golden truth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's, oh, so let's, let's, okay. I yeah. could go on and on for that about that. Let's go. What so, is I mean, number? That's, oh. that's pretty much most of the, like the free, easy, cheap cool. ones that you can do right away. Most of the things that I see right off the bat. I mean, and kind of add on what you were saying Really, if you have any questions, reach out to a professional. You yeah. know, I know me and many other people, they have no problem taking a phone call and asking some, answering some questions. You know, I do it all the time, try to help people out. They call me and I've had this issue. I had a flood. I'm feeling sick. Hey, this is the plan. This mm-hmm. is what you can do. And this is how we can help you. Awesome. You know, and the resources are out there that are accurate. Okay. Do we have any more? I know I said 21. <laughs> I know. Do we? <laughs> Should we stop at 15? I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty like, good. We'll do a part two someday. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot more. Some of them start getting into, uh, you got to spend some more money. Mm-hmm. But these but, these are all the easy, free life hacks. That, did, no, I think there's a couple others we could do. Did you talk about the AirPods and like how terrible those are? Can like, did we talk about that earlier? No, but we you can. Briefly, like, okay, so please explain to listeners why they need to throw their AirPods out yesterday. They're extremely, extremely high power, extremely mm-hmm. high power. And they transmit from the phone up to one headphone and they transfer from that headphone over to the other, typically right through your brain. Some of the signal goes around your head. Right through your brain, guys. Right through your brain, right to one from one to the other. And it's right there next to your brain mm-hmm. all the time. And those things are transmitting whether they're, you're using them or not. Right. I don't care how tacky my headphones look and how tangled they get. Like, I just don't care. Like your health, your brain health is so important. I just spoke with someone last week. Oh my gosh. He was uh, laughing at my big clunky headphones and he said, you should get the AirPods. And I'm like, actually no, because that sends like a transmission right through your brain. And he's like, yeah, that's interesting because I'm on them for like four to six hours a day. And I went to an ENT because my ears are itching and they wanted to put a steroid something in my ears. And he's like, Maybe I won't use them anymore. I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah, try don't. That first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that his he was getting like irritation in his ear canal and he's a pretty healthy guy. Yeah. Like there's radiation. There's these fields that are disrupting our proper cellular function. Mm-hmm. So let's just be really mindful of that. Yeah, you're disturbing the electrical waves and electrons that are yeah. going through your head. Your brain is trying to communicate. It would be like, you know, me and you trying to have this podcast with 300 people in the room screaming at the top of their lungs. Right, right. There's no way to be able to communicate effectively and efficiently mm-hmm. when you have all this static and all this interference is going on through your head. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I have another good one. Yeah. Um, and probably some of the people that sell um, air filters might not like this. As much, but <laughs> there's an easy hack you can do. So when, you buy, when you're buying these air filters, air purifiers for your home, mm-hmm. they're basically just a fan and an air filter mm. and you're pulling air through an air filter and they're great and they're good and you can use them. But if you can't afford to spend a couple hundred or a thousand dollars on one of these, simply go down to your hardware store and buy a better quality, a higher MERV rating filter for your HVAC system and mm. go over and turn the thermostat from the, on the fan mode, turn it from auto to on. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be using the fan that's built into your home oh. and using a higher quality filter. And you're going to be doing the exact same thing. In fact, the filter system in your house is designed to move and move the air through your home uh, several times an hour and go Amazing. through and filter it. And so if you have a high quality filter that costs $30 that mm-hmm. you get at Costco or Home Depot, 
put that in your HVAC system Amazing. and then run your fan more. And oh. you're going to be doing exactly the same thing that you're doing with these little room filters. That is so clever and so yeah. cheap. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to get an added filter, what is your most favorite? I personally have an IQ Air. IQ it moves Air. the most air and we've done the most testing that mm-hmm. I've tested on all the different ones. Mm-hmm. I know we see the Air Doctor a lot just because they have a really good affiliate program. Yeah. So Do you like, like it? Have you tested um, it? And like, what are your thoughts on it? It's not my favorite. Because I don't see the particulate load as low coming out of it, mm-hmm. measuring with my particle meter. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's just moving enough air through okay. it. The, on the good side, the EMF coming from that is very low. That's so beautiful. It only has a dangerous zone of about two to three feet, where the air doctor is more like three to four feet. Yeah. I'm sorry, not the air doctor, but the IQ air. Okay. But they're all the same. They're all moving air with a fan through a filter. Yeah. That's all they're doing. And so you can do the same thing with your HVAC system in your home. And in fact, Beautiful. if you even want to supplement a little bit more, go down and buy one of those cheap box fans for 20, 30 bucks at Target mm-hmm. and then buy a 20 by 20 filter at Home go. Depot and duct tape it to the back. I, I love that. For all the college students out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. There's, we have solutions for everybody. That's so Every clever. <laughs> I love it. All right. And thank you so much. This is like, these are just golden, golden things for listeners to, to hear and implement so that we can all live happier, healthier lives full of vibrance and health and joy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You guys, if you want to find Ryan, how can they find you? Testmyhome.com. Go to our website. That's really Mm -hmm. the best way to find us. Send us an email. Our contact info is on there. We're happy to come out and help you out. Beautiful. And you guys are on Instagram at Test My Home, correct? At test My Home, yeah. But email is pretty, pretty good. Are you, yeah. when people call, you guys tend to call like within the same day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So typically if I'm out on an inspection, I'll return all my phone calls at the end of the day awesome. or on my lunch break. I try to personally make contact with each client mm-hmm. um, now that we have a team. I'm not always the one that goes out that, that does the inspection, mm-hmm. but I certainly overlook all the lab results and I go over it with my team cool. in the Idaho, Utah area. I still try to be on as many of those as I can. Uh, but the team that we have in place now, we've trained them up and they're extremely smart people. Awesome. Yeah. I will say that when you came and you tested our home, it was like a 12 hour thing, you guys. And he t- it was one of the most empowering experiences I've ever had by someone who knows what they're talking about and has hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment. And not only does he just test, but he explains, they educate you because your heart and your soul is in this work. Like you believe in it so much. And it's actually so funny, you guys, because Ryan, he walks the walk and talks the talk because he's so sensitive to EMFs. And every time you, we pull your hair, EMFs is like the top thing that shows up <laughs> because your body's so sensitive to it. So right. it affected you in the first place. And this is why you turned it into like your passion project, your work, like your soul work, you know, because it does mean that much to you. And so, and you can, and you can hear it and you can see it, you guys, when they're in your house. I mean, you have, I have people come in my house and do this stuff all the time and they just give you a piece of paper, sign here, blah, blah, blah. But they go in and they just, they want you to understand it. They want you to get it. They want you to know that your health is important and these things are important to understand. Right. So you are a gift to this world. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, thank you so much. Thank well, you. And you know, just to add a little bit about my history, a little bit that I haven't shared with too many people. So about seven or eight years ago, I was extremely overweight. I weighed 360 pounds. I was what? really big. Oh yeah. Wow. I don't think I've shared this with you. I was no. really overweight. Uh, I was on medicine for anxiety. Mm-hmm. I was taking Effector. I was taking Adderall mm-hmm. for adult ADHD. Yeah. Um, some sleep medication aid. And I did not know this. Heartburn. I was on like four different medications, overweight, not healthy. And that kind of set me down my journey of what the heck is going on? I shouldn't mm-hmm. be like this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. And I changed my diet. I changed mm-hmm. my mental attitude towards life. I changed my fitness um, but the biggest one that really made a difference was my environment. Yeah. I was living in moldy environments. I was using toxic chemicals. I was uh, surrounding myself with EMF, you know, electrical engineer. I had all the latest and greatest toys. Mm. After cleansing my life of all the EMF, becoming EMF free, becoming toxic free, clean air, clean water, the whole nine yards, eating healthy, a healthy diet, a healthy mental state, probably do a little better on the fitness. I don't like running and cardio too much but uh-huh. now i'm you know, i'm down to about 240 pounds i have a little ways to go i'm on zero medication Amazing. in fact that 
if I were to take Adderall now, I, it would almost make me feel funny. Whereas before in my life, I almost had to have it in order wow. to function. But it was the biggest part was the EMF with the mental part of it. Yeah. When I get around in areas that have higher EMF, I start to feel the brain fog, the anxiety. Mm -hmm. I start to feel like I need to have a drink or I need yeah. to have a, or, you know, you feel like you feel that need for something. Yeah. And I see this a lot when I go into homes with people that are EMF sensitive, they tend to have addiction problems because mm -hmm. they are trying to feel this need inside of them. And yeah. it's really the EMF and things in the environment that are causing their body this stress. Yep. And so they self-medicate and yep. they do other things to try to cover that. And I've said this before, but I, I truly worry about our young kids, you know, with the screen time and the EMFs and them not getting natural lighting. Oh, we didn't even talk about lighting oh, another time. Yeah, We've spoken so about it before, but the unnatural lighting that they're getting and how that's just messing with their brain chemistry and they're having sleep dysfunction and mental imbalances. And, and at the age of like eight, nine, 10, 18, you know, like 16 year olds are in sleep medications and like strong ones. This wasn't as prevalent 20 years ago, 30 years ago. We really need to be mindful. It's, it's okay to be the weirdo that wears headphones with wires, you guys. It's okay. It's okay to like have your homes like dim down. Like it's so funny when people come to my house and it's always dark at night. And I was like, sorry, we just, we just like mood lighting, you know? And people are like, okay, but it's okay. Like it's okay. And maybe the more people that do it, the more normal it's going to be. So let's normalize these practices. Well, and I think when you start implementing these changes in your own life and you feel how much mm -hmm. better you feel, it 100%. becomes addictive. You want more of it. A hundred million percent. Yeah. Ryan, thank you. And listeners, sure. thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for having me.